0: Hello, and welcome into the Section 109 podcast. It's your host, Breezy. And Matthew? Yes. We are coming at uh, to you live over the internet for the first time in a while. Uh, we've been doing more in-person pods, but Matthew's travel schedule and my work schedule are not allowing us to be together. So we're here for this LA4 CFC review, uh, and we're going to do it here over the internet. A little throwback to uh, the COVID days when you had the Rona.
1: <laughs> the, the throwback to covid and, and traveling in, in canada
0: yeah so uh let's just jump straight into it cfc just came back from a wonderful road trip we had a little update from the airport um, we talked about the two games so we won't belabor those points but great road trip four points and then coming into saturday's game um, which spoiler alert finished 3-2 for chattanooga football club great win uh it was a very very nerve wracking time I think for me because this felt to me and I would I would love to hear your opinion on this like a trap game like a potential trap game where we came off of uh, a tie at Cal United which was a great result and a win at Albion which was also a great result and was like well uh oh like what is gonna what could we come down could we have another Syracuse away where we are just not up for it and maybe gassed from the travel and whatever else Since the guys got home at like 1am Friday morning. Um, were you feeling that same way coming in?
1: Yeah, a bit. Uh, I, I thought the energy was really, really good uh, throughout the week. I and mean, we, obviously we saw the guys a couple of times uh, during that road trip. And um, I, I was, I was mostly worried that we would get into ourselves into a situation where we'd get back in, in front of fans at home and be a little bit comfortable and not really stick to the things that made us successful on the road trip. And against a team like L.A., uh, yes, they're seventh in the table. Yes, their points per game is below .9. But L.A. has quality, quality individuals. And it doesn't matter if they're a good team or not. Sometimes quality individuals can beat you individually or if a couple of them figure it out and get on the same page together, they can make life really, really difficult. And I was mostly worried about that and not necessarily a team let down. If that makes sense.
0: Interesting. Yeah. I, I shared those same fears. Um, I would just combine them with, I thought maybe we would come back a little um, looking past this game, maybe because the, the previous two games were clearly harder, but um, so coming in, we were set up to be a little tired and i really didn't see that uh, and i have i've i've rewatched the game i watched the game um live and i was drumming for most of the get for the first half and then i was helping capo but i wasn't actually on the stand so i got to watch a bunch of the game then i rewatched uh and so i got some thoughts but i want to hear your thoughts before i go in and do a little more detailed breakdown of this uh, have you rewatched do you have any thoughts going in um
1: yeah so i've not rewatched the game um I, I got to watch really most of it, really all of it uh from the stands um uh, in the in the section. So here's what uh I think there was a little bit more rotation. Number one, there was more rotation than than the last time we played three league games in a week. Uh, part of that was was enforced rotation. Uh Rod uh substituted Nick Spielman for Frankie Martinez as a precautionary measure. And I thought I thought Spiels played played pretty well. Uh, there was also a move to bring in uh, Brett Jones on the right side ahead of Damian Rodriguez, who was subbed out at halftime of the uh, of the Albion game. Not sure if uh, if that was just a rotation thing or if if Damian had a little bit of a knock that they were nursing or whatever it was. Um, but so so we did there. So we we had a couple of moves really a couple more moves than than we had done previously. And I'm not sure if two moves makes truly rotation. Um especially when there wasn't a, a lot um in the although Brett was pretty fresh, I will say Brett was very fresh, uh considering he was a sub against Cow United. He was a halftime sub against Albion. so he was he was coming in more fresh. But other than Spielman, everyone else was just all the same starters. And uh, so that that part was interesting to me. And then as far as the game goes, man, uh, <laughs> we won, which is great. We scored three goals, which is also great. Uh, we saw a very well-executed, dangerous, dynamic attacking play in the first half. Uh, Marcus's goal, the, the whole setup to that goal was good. Uh, the setup to to uh, to the McGrath tying goal was good. Um, the uh, Siro's go ahead goal at the end of the first half was was honestly like a great ball by McGrath, although a little bit too far. Uh, Jonesy making a great individual effort and Sarah making a great individual effort to just beat people to the ball and then, and then smack it home. Uh, and all those things are good. Um and I, I thought we were we can cont- I thought we did a, actually a good job defensively containing LA, not letting them get opportunities to go downhill, say for one time, uh keeping numbers back, uh keeping keeping the ball in front, um with a couple of notable exceptions, the second goal being one of them. Um and and I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up one thing here. That is a uh, that is an, a, a reoccurring problem with this team, uh which is defensively sometimes they just aren't interested in one particular moment, and that one particular moment seems to bite us uh and and I think that's that's the corner uh that l a scored their first goal on, and i I think. It's great to score goals. It's great to, uh, to be exciting. It's great to be dynamic. All these things matter. All these things are good. These things will take us, I think, continuing to play like this offensively. I think these things will take us fairly far. Uh, but defense wins championships for a reason. And and I'm not singling out defenders here. I'm not singling out a goalkeeper or, or anything. It takes 11 players to defend. And our team defense is not a championship winning defense. Can they be? Yes. Have they, have they done, have they shown that they can in the past? Yes. I've had some pretty good runs. Uh, but scoring seven goals, getting seven points and three of our toughest games and probably our, our, our toughest three game stretch of the season, away to Cal United, away to Albion, home against LA force. Uh, I think it's the toughest stretch of the season. Seven points and seven goals from those three games is good. But we also gave up five goals, uh, including blowing a a 2-0 lead. Um, So it's a mixed bag for me. The important thing is that we got it done, that we, once we went behind, we got the go-ahead goal quickly, uh, and that we finished them off in uh, a really decisive moment late in the first half. And then we held, we held firm, probably should have had another one. Uh, Marcus had one off the, off the bar. He had another one that he chipped the goalkeeper and it bounced and hit the bar uh, when, when LA was pressing. So it's, it's a good, it's, it's a good win. Every win is a good win. Uh, all three points are, are three points are three points or three points. Uh, but there's a lot more. There's a lot more to do. There's a lot more sharpness that needs to be had. There's a lot more uh, steel that needs to be had, especially in in the midfield and the in the in the uh, defensive third.
0: All right. So I'll start from the beginning. Um, we start from the first minute. Uh, chance for LA. Rich blocks it. It's a solid chance. It's actually a pretty good chance. Um, and this was kind of a theme in the first half. LA came out. Real um, aggressive. So first minute chance for LA. Rich makes a really good block. Um, LA is pressing in the second minute, which is a choice. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, it's all, definitely a choice to press CFC. I want to point out for the listeners as you're as you're starting to go through this, you notice that immediately that LA is like pressing, make, trying to make chances. They're going for it, right? Yes. This because they're in seventh place right now. Uh, this was. Uh, this was before uh Syracuse had played Maryland uh and won that game. So and, and LA had just coming off losing late, 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 late to Michigan Stars. Um like this is like this game for for LA is a huge, huge. one because they've got to get, they've got to get points.
0: You could argue they needed this win a lot more than we did. Um, not that we don't need, we didn't need the points. We certainly did to try to tie up uh, second place. And we've talked about points per game is now the metric. So we need to get that second place, get that bye, and then get that home semifinal. And we still yeah. are still working to tie that up. But LA needed these points to make the playoffs. We've, we clinched playoffs with this win actually before this win with this one with this one with this when we clinched playoffs at least making the playoffs does not clinch any buys yet so yeah they came out tough and 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 strong uh minute five though we had a very good short corner it's just out of bounds just out of reach uh, on a cross that comes to nothing because it's out of bounds and they they call it out of bounds but uh we were already dangerous minute five uh minute seven massive chance for cfc turns into a goal um it's just a little it's nice bit of interchange and travis Ward doing the travis Ward things we haven't seen seen him do uh, since his injury, but he was a wild card in the best possible way, and he came forward and took one nice touch around a guy, then there was two defenders and they had to kind of make a choice, and they took a step to him, and he just passed it to Marcus, quick shot, goal. I mean, it's about as big a chance as you can create with in the middle of the box. Like, there's just, he's just, it's from the penalty spot, basically, Marcus buries it and one
1: nothing CFC. Can I, can I also point out here, it's not just a really good uh, it's not just a good run by Travis and and a good, good decision to wait for the LA defender to step before he, he just lays it off uh really calmly for Marcus. There's also really I, w- I want to point out the the hockey assist from Taylor Gray, uh, because Gray receives the ball. He's, you know, on the on the left hand side of the field, close to the touchline. And Travis makes the over or, or I'm sorry, the underlapping run to the inside. And uh and the defender's a little bit flat in that sequence, trying to kind of guard both of them. And Travis makes the run um, that fullbacks, super dynamic fullbacks sometimes make, but you don't always see, especially at this level, to the inside. Everyone expects a fullback to overlap.
0: On it's, the outside, near the 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 near out-of-bounds it, out line.
1: It, it is pretty rare to see fullbacks at this level underlap uh, in that kind of way. Well, he, and is, so, right. he is right-footed. Yeah, sh- so the defender sticks with him. Uh, or or sticks and it holds his position. Travis makes the underlapping run and Taylor just slides it to him. The little, a little casual slide rule pass. And that's what starts Travis's move with the ball roll. And then he's, and then he's had dribbling into the box, carrying the ball into the box uh, is especially from, from the top of the box, not from one of the sides. Very good indicator that your offense is doing something well.
0: And we were in possession. That's been one of the differences these past three games is in possession. We are no longer just danger adjacent. Um, we're not creating big chances only on turnovers. We are creating big chances from possession. And that was a. It was in the Albion game that we talked about. It was in the Cal United game as well. And it was in this game. Um, so in the 10th and the 12th minute, we have two bad turnovers from CFC. And both times, Rich just cleans it up, which was a theme in this first 10 minutes. That's three, or the first 12 minutes. That's three times Rich has made just bailed us out um just a reminder that captain richard dixon is a very very good player and is very important uh minute 13 marcus draws a foul in the hold up and i thought this was interesting in this game um we saw a lot more uh we saw four or five and that may have just been one of their tactics from their center backs but they were just kicking marcus um but not just kicking him um, during the game which you know strikers get kicked a bit but in hold up and this referee actually called it. So we, I think it was three or four times during the game where he got a foul and build up to relieve pressure. Um, And sometimes it was a foul to like stop the game, obviously to keep us from breaking, which is not great, but um, it was, it was interesting to see and a bit of a theme going through this. Um,
1: Marcus, can I I pause you there for a second in the first, in the first game against LA uh, earlier this year in June, Marcus um, was the one that, that got, uh, he was the one that scored, scored the goal. But the way that goal was scored, it was off of a uh, uh, oh shit. I forget exactly how it happened, but it was off of a quick play of where a striker had the ball or one of the forwards had the ball, and and the defense kind of like rushed them forward. And instead of fouling, the player had time to like send it in behind and start the move. Um, I think it was toward towards someone like Brett Jones, um, and I think LA was wary of that. You've seen us score a lot of goals. Uh, one against base cities we've set up a bunch of chances with marcus getting the ball inside and being able to one touch it out or taking time and then being able to just find a pass and against teams that are that are putting some pressure on you and playing with the high line marcus in distribution is pretty dangerous and it looked like and i'm, I'm i think you'll agree with this it looked like la was trying to make sure marcus did not have time to distribute the ball if he came back deep to get it
0: yep Yep. I agree with that assessment. Exactly. Um, 14th minute. We have a a half chance for LA Uh, It's a decent break and a shot over the bar. We had numbers, but they still managed to get a decent shot off through the numbers. It just goes over the bar, thankfully. Um, And then there's kind of like a little quarter chance in the 15th minute. Um, It's a header down in the box and then like an attempted volley that is terrifying uh, because of how well it comes off, but it's not, it's like a, it's a low percentage because of the bounce and it's a low percentage because it's a header down, but Boy, that would have been a bummer if they tie it up there. Um, however, that that happens in a minute. Uh, another in the seventeenth minute, or the sixteenth minute. L.A. gets a corner. They had a bunch of corners early on. Seventeenth uh, minute, dangerous cross from L.A., but no one's home. Um, so you know we're we're still managing the game at this point, but L.A. is pushing and and. Um, well, spoiler alert, they kind of blow their load early on, on a lot of their good chances. The the second half, they really don't do anything, but the, this first half, they kept being dangerous. Um, I have written in this, uh, minute 18, uh, Via Toro is a bitch. Um, he was, uh, (laughs) complaining and, 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 fouling and then going down. He's a, he's a child and he should be, he should feel bad. Uh, 19th minute, another corner for LA 22nd minute, um, some sustained L.A. possession. This was They were mostly breaking at this point on most of these chances, but this was sustained possession, but no chances. It was sterile possession. Um, L.A. gets another corner in the 22nd minute, uh, and this is the corner they scored the goal on. So the corners just kind of add up, and uh, this goal is, I've watched it a lot. It's a really, really good header um, from a long way away, and, um, you know, I, I love you, Kevin, but you, you missed out on the tall lottery because if... Kevin reacts in a reasonable amount of time. He steps towards it. He gets his arm up in the air, and it's just looping over his head. And that's one of those things that a six foot four goalkeeper gets to, and a five foot eleven goalkeeper doesn't. Um, And that's that's makes it a tie ball game. Next, and it's not it's not a really good chance though. Like it's a pretty low percentage chance. That's it's good execution, but it's a low percentage chance, and it's it's a bummer to to kind of concede that way uh and then one minute later i mean literally the next possession they celebrate um, next possession la comes down we switch off as you pointed out just a little bit um, take its beat down the the side the cross comes in and it hits it hits kevin just squirts through Um, and i think if we asked kevin and maybe we will um, i think you'd call that a goalkeeper error Um, it's not the easiest it's it's hit pretty hard from pretty close but i mean he gets both hands on it just kind of squirts through Um, Then it's 2-1 LA and they celebrate like they have just won the game in extra time. I mean, they celebrate as if it's the 96th minute and there's one minute to go and they just scored to make it, you know, 2-1 or whatever they are going after it. And and Coho Smitty pointed this out after the game when we were uh, hanging out at uh, CBC, like they were always going to lose this game. uh, And this is his words. They were always going to lose this game because of how they celebrated, because of that, that big release on like they had done the job now in the 23rd minute. Um, and yeah, that was it was interesting. They they definitely felt it felt like they were, oh my God, we just won the Super Bowl, you know, this game's over now. And it was far, far, far from over. But now it's two one. I think we're all feeling like, ah oh, shit, this is not great. Um, two goal. I mean, we were one nothing in cruising and then in literally less than two minutes it's two one. And then uh there's a little bit of no, nothing really happens till the twenty eighth minute and uh, we get a shot on goal. It's a little just a, a small chance, it's not anything great, uh, 29th minute, yellow card for LA, we start getting, getting some momentum back, kind of getting our feet, um, under us again, and then we have a real solid chance in the 31st minute, 1v1 with Cero, um, and he just gets, it's on a pass from Ward, and he just can't quite get it, um, all, like, in the right position to score, but it's, it, he gets fed, and he's basically one-on-one with the goalkeeper. It's a good chance. And it's like, okay, we're building something there. And then one minute later, that's the 31st. One minute later, we have Marcus to Taylor to McGrath goal. So Marcus plays it into Taylor. Taylor crosses it, puts it on an absolute platter for for um, McGrath. And I actually marked this as just like a solid chance, not as a great chance or a massive chance because it's still a header. Uh even though it's it's from nowhere, but the pass is what makes that. And also, co-host Man, he said after the game that he and, and this is an interesting idea: if the pass is so good that it just makes the goal a tap in, you should give the goal to the assister and the assist to the uh, the tap in, which is funny. Um, <laughs> but it was fantastic. That was fantastic. That made it to two two, two um, and you know they very quickly got back after it. Um, Taylor got o- over the top and almost, almost, almost got. Uh, in one on one with the goalkeeper, but it was just out of bounds. Um, yellow card for LA. Another tactical foul in the 37th, 39th. We get a corner. 41st. It's a great dribble forward from Ward that doesn't quite come off. But again, we're we're dangerous during this period. We're we're bossing the game. And then in the 44th, um, we have a Brett save from out of bounds, just as you described it. It gets played over the top from McGrath. I didn't write that down, but you said it was McGrath. Um, It's just a little bit long, but Brett saves it from going out of bounds. And then Ian is first to react to it. It bounces one time in the box and he is, I don't know, four yards in front of the goalkeeper and just puts it in the left uh, bottom corner. And there's nothing anybody can do about that because he reacted so quickly and so well. It's a massive chance because he's I mean, closer than the penalty spot. I think one on one with the goalkeeper.
1: He's borderline. He's one on one with the keeper. He down. is
0: one on one. He is one on one with the keeper like <laughs> because it, it, he's like so. There is a defender, but the defender's off to the to his right several yards. I mean, he is looking at he is looking at the keeper dead in the eye, and he just you know he takes he receives the bounce because you know the ball comes over the top from almost going out of bounds. It takes one bounce and he just settles it and finishes it all in, all in like two touches, just boom, boom. And in stop. And we had just like, we had just started the stand up for the CFC chance. Like every, the whole crowd is standing. We're about to start the chat as Nuga's back and forth and they score. Oh man, that was good. And three, two CFC and the halftime whistle went, you know, one minute after that or whatever. And so I'll give you the tally from the first half. Um, L.A. Force had uh, one solid chance that they did not score on and kind of four, like, measly, like, I, you know, I, I write them as quarter chances. I don't know what you want to call them. But, like, they're danger adjacent, but they scored off two of them. Like, two goals that are pretty soft, to be honest. Um, we had two massive chances, two solid chances, and one, like, kind of quarter chance. Um, so the chances we created in the first half, while well, we weren't just, like, stacking them up, um, and L.A. kind of was stacking them up, uh, we, the chances we created were the same number five and five, but our chances were massive and solid. Like they were b- bigger chances. And so I think if you, if you redid this, you would expect this to be two to zero or three to one in the first half and not uh, three to two in the first half. Um and I think that that feels good, but we were, you know, with all those little quarter chances, we're pretty wide open. And I am setting the table for the second half that we were pretty wide open in the first half. And there's a big change that happens in the second half. And this is something that's very interesting that's happened since the Cal United game, um, where we're now getting some leads and trying to close things out a little differently.
1: Yeah. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see where, where your thoughts are on the second half. Because uh, like I have a, I have a, a visual that I remember, uh, but I don't know necessarily like how it computes to an actual like sober watch.
0: Yeah. So uh, I will, (laughs) I will say we, we had a conversation about this um, on the phone and we were talking about, you know, feelings from Cal United, whatever, whatever. And, and I don't know how much we talked about this. I think we talked a little bit about the Albion game. And I, th- I believe we mentioned this, but I'll, I'll say it again in case we didn't or just to refresh memories. At, at halftime, and I can't use, I can never, I can't say usually, I never hear Rod because we're over in the Chattahoolian section. It's very loud. And I could hear Rod at the end of the first half of the Cal United game. And he was yelling at the midfield to stay deeper. Which is not a thing we do. So our midfield, for better or for worse, is Richard Dixon covering all of the space and bailing out all of Alex McGrath, who is a a very risky stepper. And I I mean this high risk, high reward, right? So he is very athletic. And what makes him special is he can step, steal the ball, and go coast to coast in many situations that other players simply cannot. Ian Saro also steps. Ian Saro is also not just not a a traditional midfielder who does a lot of defending. He is a attacking midfielder, 10, or a winger that is playing as a free eight, essentially. So Richard Dixon does all of the cleaning up for those guys. Um, And what it does mean is a lot of times towards the end of games, and you saw this in the Cal United game, one of the reasons we concede the second goal, one of the reasons, not the only reason, is that our midfielders are often way up the field, our two eights. So in, in McGrath and Sarah in this case, but it can also be other players. And then our wingers, of course, and our striker are way up the field. So you only have... Whichever defenders are back, which oftentimes is only three of them because you'll have one of the fullbacks that will have pushed up and Richard. And so oftentimes this season, not just against Cal United, we are exposed even with a lead. And we're very, 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 very vulnerable to counterattacks because one of the ways we play is that we play aggressive. We get forward and positionally, we are very aggressive in pushing the whole team up, keeping possession. And right now we're very dangerous in possession, which is good. But if you get countered on and you only don't have numbers back, it's really, really tough to make that defensive play work if they have numbers and you don't. And that's the way reason transition is dangerous for the attacking team or the, or the defending team, depending on, on what's happening. And I know I'm, I'm like, setting the table here with like really obvious stuff, but one thing we haven't done well, in my opinion, this, the, most of this season is close out close games and limit chances in the second half of games even if we've won, we don't limit chances in a way that I would like. Um, in the sense that we don't always have numbers back. This is not a great individual defender team. Like we, This is not a team of excellent individual defenders. This is a team of really good offensive players. And there's a handful of good individual players uh, defensively. And then there's some... We as a team defend adequately well or even well some games. But we are not like, oh, we have these two players as... That are always except you know you have Richard Dixon that's kind of you probably your only like pure defensive guy and he's all over the field so anyway the difference in this game and I'll, I'll read through it but the difference in this game and what I wanted to see is after that Cal United game where we it, we did not close out like we would have wanted to zero to, from up to nothing to now being uh, a, having it be a tie game when it was two one Rod was very upset to me at least looked visibly upset about. Uh, the second midfielder, whether it was Alex or Ian, not staying deeper with Richard, not increasing our numbers, not helping us close out that game. And we ended up tying and against Albion. I felt like, and I haven't gone back and rewatched. I felt like in the second half, we were a little bit more conservative, especially that last 10 minutes with our position. Because if you have numbers back, it it's not about being great defenders, though being great defenders is helpful. But when you have numbers back, you just increase all of your chances. So I felt like we were more conservative. But in this game, I wanted to see, because I, I watched the whole first half, and we were pretty open, how we always are. And we were very good, and we were, now it's 3-2. What happened in the second half? Well, we there's no subs. And the uh, my cuju clock on my television, I don't know if it was this one, everything else was off, which was fun. It worked, but it was 4 minutes and 32 seconds off. Uh, so I had to do math on each one of my minutes that I wrote down. Um, but spoiler alert, for this second half, CFC did... For the first five minutes, um, when we came out, actually for the first 10 minutes, we came out in our regular, normal, pressing more, staying up, positionally being more aggressive. However, from then on, from then on, we were much, much different. So I'll kind of go through this. We, in the, the 46th, um. Uh, we have a, a real terrifying moment where a poor pass out to Richard puts him under pressure and he passes it back straight out of bounds. It might have been his only misplaced past- in misplaced pass all game. And it's like, ooh, that's a little, that's a little nervous. Uh, 48th minute, we get a half chance. Um, it's a Brett cross to Taylor in transition, and it just misses Taylor. But had he been able to hit that, it would have been because he was between two defenders and running, it would have been him one-on-one with the goalkeeper. He wouldn't have been able to take a touch. He needed to hit it first time and it's just a just off. But it's a it's a decent chance. Um I, I marked it down as a half chance. Uh, 50th minute Marcus draws another foul and build up to release pressure. Now in the 54th minute here's what I have written down. We started sitting deeper. Um, the front three was providing light pressure, and occasionally, one of the midfielders was joining. So Sarah would join the pressure, which is very normal in our press. But it wasn't Sarah plus the three. A lot of times, it was Sarah plus two, with the whatever side the ball was on, the opposite winger actually dropping all the way back to join the okay. to join the midfield line, kind of. Um, we had a back seven more often. So we had our back, we had a back four, and then we had our two, whichever two midfielders. So usually it was Alex and Rich. And then one of the wingers was tucked in and back just positionally much, 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 much deeper than normal. And this didn't contribute to us being poor offensively. Um, We weren't as dynamic because we didn't have the space to exploit. But it was a very, very different look. Um, And I'd be interested to talk to Rod to find out if this was like... The exact plan, or if this was a small mod- modification that ended up this way, um, and we were just really much more positionally disciplined from then on. Um, you know, if you ever see somebody like in a game, especially in like Spain or Italy, where like my calma, calma, like they're calming everybody down, like being like, "Hey, let's relax. Let's like let's stay back. Let's be smart." Like that's how it felt the whole time. Um, so it was. It was that was very interesting to me. Um, what else did I write down here? We were just more pragmatic in possession as well. We started going long with the ball when getting pressured um, as opposed to taking the risky short passes. Not that we never took any risky short passes because our our game is risky short passes, triangles. But we just started being more pragmatic with every... Like every part of our game was just turned down 20% on the risk side, which was uh, very, very fun. Um, we were playing some long balls that ended up dangerous, um, but we just did not play any short passes that were um, super risky, Played a few, but not not like we normally do. Um, I can't read some of my um, some of my writing here. Uh, the press was again less intense, and it started most of the time around the halfway line or on our and our side, like hour forty which is not at all where we normally, when we're pressing, we're pressing up in their end. And we did press a handful. There were a handful of pressing triggers. When the ball went out on the side, um, way up top, we did press a little bit. Um, but again, we were just positionally much more. Um, and that was from minute 54 on. So I have from minute 54 to 63, there's nothing. I've written down nothing, uh, which is, for me, is a lot because I tend to write down just about everything. That's nine minutes. Um, we get a half chance in the 63rd minute. And that that 54th minute is notes from off. Like, throughout the game, I kept adding notes back to that section. Um, 63, a free kick from Sarah on the edge of the box. It's um, a left side from Market. On the left side, he draws a really good free kick. Marcus hits the bar. Uh, oh, man. It's a big chance. I, I put it as a half chance only because I think it should be less, honestly, because, like, free kicks are just not that dangerous as far as, like, statistically for normal people, but it's a perfect position for Marcus, and he hits the bar. So I put it as a half chance, a um, decent half chance. Um, Brett, Brett Jones gets a great yellow tactical foul, um, to, and this is another bit of the pragmatism. We took two different tactical yellows, um, just to keep having breaks. And we had that, we had five, basically we had five players forward and Brett, Brett was all the way over to the other side of the field. And he just, I don't know if he shoved him out of bounds or kicked him or what he did, but he gets a yellow on the whole total opposite side of the field to keep from getting exposed. Um at least that's how I read it and I loved it. It was great. Um 69th minute, we make two subs. We take out Sarah and put in Ale Jaimez and take out Damian or take out Brett for Damien. Um and they continue to do the same thing. They just had more legs than those two guys, I think. Um I don't think either one looked particularly sluggish, but um fresh legs, three three games in a week, etc. etc. seventy-second minute, LA Force gets a corner. Um they get a, a a Taylor Gray gets a shot in the 73rd minute over the bar. Uh, we actually get a little verticality in the 75th minute because we're sitting deeper. So we get some attempted. Vert- it doesn't actually come off, but it's, it's on the ground verticality through the lines, which I loved uh, LA force gets their first like actual chance of the second half in the 77th. It's a shot in the box for LA force, but we have numbers and we just block it. Um, So it's a decent like position to get a shot in. But when you have five guys in the box and three more guys right above them, like it's just hard to get the ball through. It's it's exactly what you want. I think when you're managing the game, if you're going to give up a chance, you want there to be numbers and make it real difficult for him. 78th, rich and McGrath are still like double pivoting at this point. I marked down, which is great. They're just like McGrath is deep the whole time. And we're just managing the game. I mean, nothing's happening for them. Um, The CFC gets another half chance. Uh, Marcus shot, um, over the bar from Damien cross and transition. It's a shot in their box. Uh, it's a pretty good chance, but it's just just over the bar. Um, little little tiny chance for Ale. Just gets a a bad touch in the box, but it could have been uh, a big chance in the 79th. Uh Or I sorry, that's the eightieth. In the eightieth minute, um, Richard steps, um, and and then Ale, Richard steps and gets caught up the field, and then Ale runs all the way back from the Encero position, which is usually quite a bit higher and it ends up in the double pivot I mean on his horse to get in the double pivot with McGrath which is one of the things that makes me think this was a tactical choice we made because that I mean he busts it back to get back into the double pivot while Richard's stuck up the field because he's taken an aggressive step and it hasn't he hasn't actually got the ball back Um, another half chance Marcus well I marked it as a half chance it's the Marcus chip from our 40 from their 47 so like three yards past the halfway line it's oh it goes perfectly over Brandon Gomez fucking turf is hard and it bounces if that's grass that's a goal and it bounces a little too high and it hits off the bar. I marked it as a half chance because he hits the bar. I mean it's like it's a nothing chance because you're chipping the goalkeeper from the halfway. But because it falls to the guy you want it to fall to in Marcus and because he hits it off the bar, man, uh, the whole roof would have came down if we could have scored that. Um 83rd, we're um we're still not trying to play through. We're still just being pragmatic. Um Uh, L.A. Forest gets a decent chance um, on a cross in the 85th, but it comes to nothing. Um, It's just like a little half chance, but it's it's danger adjacent. Um, 86, uh, Marcus busts it back. We get caught in transition, and Rich steps, and then both our midfielder step, you know, that thing we do where we really aggressively step to try to stop. Uh, and uh-huh. Marcus busts it back from the um from the nine position back to the holding midfielder <laughs> position uh, in transition. and uh, it ends up that ends up coming to nothing. It was just it was just nice to see us closing out a game just a little bit different positionally. And I'm not like I'm not shitting on guys previously thinking we weren't trying, but I think you see like a concerted effort in this later season CFC to better control things with numbers.
1: Um, I'd be be curious if, if there was a, a kind of a directive that said, we want eight players behind the ball at all times. And like, if someone gets caught and you're on the backside it's your ass, it's getting bad. It was I mean, some well, there was
0: pretty often that we were in a four-four two at times when the ball's shifting around with like Ian Saro pushed up near Marcus and both the wingers dropped all the way in because the ball's being pushed around. Now one of the wingers would usually come out, but we were just much more often with players behind
1: the ball. That is that is basically how we press out of a excuse me, out of a goal kick scenario. But we press with but a four two four.
0: We pressed more of a 4-2-4 with the two wingers pushed up. The two wingers were back in uh, on our defensive line. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I, was, I was just saying, like, you know, that, that's – I mean, it's essentially the same formation when you press up, but now it's compacted all the way down inside, inside our own defensive half.
0: 86th minute, we get a sub, uh, Roddy for Taylor. Nice to see Roddy get back in there. Um, also, my favorite thing about Roddy is he's very calm uh and he's very good at uh, closing out games. And I mean like you just you see it. And and also you saw a ton on, you can see on the stream he's pointing and talking a lot. I'm sure other guys talk a lot, but you can just clearly see he's come in with a mission to to close out the game. Um and he does what Taylor did, run around and and stay deep defensively and make sure we don't give up big chances. Um 86th minute, that's the 86th minute. 90 nothing happens. 92nd minute, Rich gets three straight blocks. Uh these are not like we're back in the box and like one is off of a throw in and then they try to cross it and rich blocks it. And then they try to do something else and rich blocks it. I mean, he literally just steps out. He steps three times in like a span of 25 seconds and he blocks all three. And the entire rest of the team is in there. It was just, it was Richard Dixon being Richard Dixon. It was great. Uh, 92nd minute, uh, or so that's right after that, like less than a minute later, uh, they blow the full-time whistle and CFC wins three, two Now the second half is, I think, uh, fun from the numbers side. So we had, uh, excuse me, hold on. <laughs> Sorry, I had to cough there. I didn't want to cough in the mic. Um, we had four like half chances and one like quarter chance, um, including hitting the bar twice, right? We hit a bar off a free kick from Marcus and hitting the bar off yeah. of a chip. But I wouldn't consider any one of those massive chances. The outcomes were pretty massive. They were really close, but neither one is goals you expect to score. Um, both are goals that you hope to score if that makes sense. Um, Yeah. And that comes, I think from us being more conservative than we had also had a quarter chance. Uh, And then LA LA only has two half chances that entire, that entire half. Um, And the reason I think that that is, I mean, maybe they ran out of gas, but I don't think so. Um, It's a pretty talented squad. It's a pretty deep squad. In that first half, they created some stuff out of nothing. Um, And I just think that in that second half, we saw that, cfc managed the game a little bit differently than we have previously managed games with numbers and this team we are who we are we are an attacking team we are a defensive team with numbers and with possession not with great individual defending and that isn't to say none of our players can make defensive plays but we're not this isn't last year's team had a lot of guys sean russell for example who are excellent excellent defenders and are just not great offensively. They can make some offensive plays, but it, that's not what you're relying on them. You're relying on them for their defense. We have the exact opposite this year. We have a lot of guys who are great offensively, who you're relying on for your offense. And you're not, you're hoping they make a few defensive plays, but they're not, you're not relying on them to make big defensive plays and come up big. And I think this is how, if we're going to close out games, we got to do it positionally. Um, it's a thing you said, we need some more steel um, and uh, personnel as policies. I thing you like to say, uh, and we I don't do. we do not have a change of pace, for example, in midfield. We Colin Stripling would be that guy, I think. He would be a midfielder that you could come in and bring him in for Ian Sarah, and they're very different players. Colin's much more he's bigger, he's like his stature's a lot, he's a lot stronger. He's you know, he's gonna win these big physical battles, he's gonna sit a little deeper probably. And we don't have that he's, because Colin's he, playing he's the natural
1: back. he's the natural replacement to to have a double pivot
0: right to change things up we just don't have that and ally is a like for like player uh Juan is more of a like for like player as a Cero or as a, an Alex McGrath as far as like defensively so we don't have that change of pace in midfield to change the game up and like seal things off and so the for better or for worse our personnel is built to possess to attack and we're very very dangerous we're very good at Chris Bermudez another like for like player. I'm not criticizing any of these players, but when we are we are who we are. We are going to outscore you. We are more likely to create a big chance and score a goal than we are to just sit deep and absorb possession uh, pressure. But I think in this game we did see that we can sit deep and absorb pressure. It's probably the only the these two games, these last ones, Albion and this one, the only two games I think you've seen us sit back since Memphis and really absorb and like try to get that Hang on to the result. And I don't mean hang on like we're getting dominated. I mean, like, just get it done and and see it out. And that, I think, is a really, really, really important thing to see. And look, I don't know. I'm not here to predict that CFC is going to win the title, right? But I think we both think that CFC is one of the best two teams in NISA this year. And if we're going to win, this has to be in our bag of tricks. And before three games ago, I don't believe that we had seen evidence that this was in our tool bag, was in our toolkit that sitting deep and absorbing pressure was a thing we could do or would do. And I'm really, really, really more than the results, which have been good. And as, or as a part of the results, I should say, I am very, very encouraged by our ability to change it up a little bit tactically, see out games with a little bit more precision. And I just assume that rod after that, based on how we've seen the last two games, I feel like after that Cal United game, probably really, really, Put it in these guys' heads that we're, this is how we're going to see out games, or we're going to be able to at least when we choose see out games. And man, it was it was good to see, and I'm very very pleased uh, with the second half the CFC put on there.
1: So I have I have two things here. Number one, um, Stripling, like we said, is that kind of natural move him to the eight, start a double pivot type thing. Uh, one thing that we did see at the end of the Cal United game away and the uh, and closing out the Albion game away was that uh, we brought Nick Spielman in to be that double pivot uh, for the last, the last few minutes in stoppage time. In Cal United, we had already given up the second goal. We, it was already a tie game. That was a move to ensure that we did not give up anything else uh, and, 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 and close that game out from the perspective of, of keeping a point. Uh, we did it in the Albion game to keep the win and um, that option was not available for LA Force because Spim was already in the game paired with Stripling. And Frankie uh, and was we injured. Were, and, we, and we were holding Frankie out. So uh, from that perspective, I think you've seen there's, uh, there's already a shift in a desire uh, that this is going to be something that's going to happen going forward uh, in terms of closing games out with an actual... Uh, a a slight change in personnel to to finish the job. The second thing I think is really important, and, and, and this contributes to why another reason why LA's attack was pretty inept in the second half is they took off their best fucking player, man. Their best player, their best attacker, their leading scorer on the season was playing left back. He's the guy who scored the second goal. He was playing left back, still scored a goal, and then they took them off at halftime. Figure that one out, because I can't. Thanks. Because I can't. Thanks.
0: That's that's all I got to say I, I about just, it. Thanks.
1: I just don't know, man.
0: Yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. So, uh, yeah, I think that's basically all I got. I just, I think the deep dive was was warranted on this game. And I, I hope um, going forward, this is a stretch run, man. This is, we've got four games left and then it is playoff time, right? Plus a friendly. Yeah. Four games plus a friendly. Yep. Um, and in that friendly, I expect to see very similar to Metro Louisville. Um, I think you'll see a few guys maybe get some minutes that um, maybe need them, like the starter got guy, rotation guys that maybe haven't got some minutes if somebody needs it. But in general, I think we'll see a highly rotated squad. And I expect that you know we might lose that game. And I won't be upset if we do, assuming we're going to the playoffs trying to get healthy. Um, just putting that out there now. But I, this, this stretch from CFC, we are who we are now. Like, this last four games, we want to come in hot, but we I don't think we're going to see... I think we're too late in the season to see any sort of big shift. But we have seen the shift the last three games. For our hardest stretch, our offense is generating chances in possession, not just in transition. That's good. And we are generating... Um, we are changing up... We are generating chances in possession, and we are changing a little bit of how we close out games. And that is probably what we're going to see as the recipe uh the rest of the way. So the games still left are two games away against Michigan Stars, one game home against uh, Flower City, and who am I forgetting?
1: One game home against the Albion.
0: One game home against so that Albion game is massive. The two obviously the Flowers we can't drop points against Flower City. Gotta gotta get that win. And then I've penciled in to be honest, uh, two draws against <laughs> Michigan Stars just because that's what uh that's what the the last two results have been. Um, but we're in a really good position. We control our own destiny, getting that by, we, we still can't catch Cal United realistically and that's fine, but let's, let's get that second, let's get that second place, which is, which would have been winning the East by the way, which would have been exactly what we had set out as a, as a goal preseason. And then let's get that by, get, get into the semifinals. Then you got to win two games to win a title.
1: Yeah. Uh, do you want to do something a little bit more, uh, a little bit more lighthearted and then go through some stats uh, Let's do it. to kind of catch people up on, on where we are. Uh, so as you were going through the, the kind of minute by minute uh, track of the game, I went ahead and pulled up on the NISA website, the match center for, for the match. Just so, like I could follow along a little bit as well. Um,
0: yeah, Cause I didn't, count, <laughs> I didn't count shots. I didn't count possession. I didn't count any of that. My, my way, as we talked about before is like great chance, massive chance, kind of the same thing like good chance, like something that should have like probably it's a good chance. And then like half chance, quarter chance or nothing. So my, it's very much a me thing, but it's just me, how I feel about the game. So I would love to hear the real stats is what I'm saying.
1: Well, okay. If you want to hear the real stats, you can't go to the NISA website, which was what I was doing. Uh, and I only say that to note that uh, for our three goals, uh, there were two goals that were given assists. Both of those are incorrect. And there was one goal that was not given an assist, which is also incorrect. Um, yeah, I like how are you like how are you supposed how is this supposed to work? It's embarrassing. Uh and, and another reason why Nisa can put out whatever stats they want um uh, throughout the season. The club uses mine and the players use mine uh because my stats are the gospel because Nisa's full of shit and always has been.
0: Wow. So this is uh, this did not go where I thought it was going to go. Yeah. Sorry. No, no, I'm, I'm um, fuck Nisa for sure.
1: So we mentioned, we mentioned that, you know, Marcus's goal was an assist from Travis Ward. The hockey assist goes to Taylor gray, uh, the Alex McGrath header. Uh, that was a Taylor, a Taylor gray, uh, assist, uh, via a nice pass from Marcus Nagelstad for the hockey assist. Ian Ciro's goals. That great, that great save by Brett Jones um and the and the ball coming out by by Alex McGrath uh over the course of the season, the entire season uh this is from regular regular season games uh, it also includes the independent cup match and it includes the metro Louisville match uh because we we count all games uh essentially all games that that are allowed to have fans uh this and will the play with regulation include- rules. Yes, yes. This will not include the, the Greenville match in preseason, although that one will eventually count, simply because we do not have video yet uh, to track some of the things that we want to track in terms of appearances and, and, and sub minutes and things like that. Uh, but this is where we are right now. Marcus Nadelstad has 17 goals. 17. That's a club record, by the way. Uh, that, that's beating his club single season record from last, last year. Last year. Um, just, just fantastic. And I feel, I feel like almost a compulsive need to point out, uh, like this podcast has no shame in standing for other players in Nisa that are just really, really good, even when they they necessarily don't show up all the time on the stat sheet column, usually because their coaches are morons. Uh, but I, I feel like we need to point out here, like Marcus has got 17 goals. Like not only is that the most goals uh, on CFC, it's the most goals uh, in, in Nisa this season. That's the most goals in Nisa any season. Any.
0: And we got four games left.
1: We have four games left in the regular season. Like it's a wild, it's a wild number. Uh, and, and like shout out to Marcus for, cause he's killing it. Uh, six of those are penalties Four of those penalties he earned himself. I think there's two free kicks in there as well. Uh, I mean, it's just it's just really really good stuff. It's exactly why uh, it's exactly why this podcast was was clamoring to to sign Marcus in in, in the off season. Yeah, when we when didn't that,
0: have a, when we didn't yeah, have a striker and we were terrified. Wasn't
1: dying. Uh, <laughs> just because like that's that's the kind of player Marcus is. So it's like, shout out Marcus. Uh, there's four games left though in the regular season, so like and and hopefully need, two games in the need, playoffs. I need a few more. So let's bring it home. Uh, Taylor Gray's second place on the team with eight goals. His product, his goal production has pretty much dried up. Uh, And, and for a while I I was, I was pretty worried. I don't know if we ever talked about on this podcast, but like his, his production in general was, was a, was a lot less than it was in the early part of that season. Think about the, think about like the, the Bay cities, uh, even the LA game where he gets the assist. Uh, away, uh, you know that Syracuse game. Like he went on a freaking tear uh, in in kind of like June, you know the end of May and June. And uh, what's really really cool here is Taylor, Taylor is, has not scored since uh, since the uh, the game winning goal. Well, no, he, he scored. The, There's two game stretch where he scored the game winning goal against Club De Leon, and then he scored that goal uh, in stoppage time of the first half to make it 3-0 on Maryland Bobcats if they're gonna get August.
0: Hey, that's not cool. And
1: then what's that?
0: You said that's really cool and it's not cool.
1: (laughs) Uh and then uh Taylor had the hockey assist for the game winner at Albion uh and and was just I thought just generally involved uh in the Cal United game as well, although he doesn't end up on the stat sheet for it. Um and then he has the the primary assist. he is the hockey assist and then the primary assist for the first two goals against LA force. Uh, and that's uh I, I point that out to note that like that's again that, that's that's Taylor being more involved in the offense, even though he's not scoring um in the in these last few games. And I think that's very, very good because that, that that will matter going forward. I mean I think I mean, co- he's one of our one of our one of our most a, a important offensive players. I
0: think it, it also it goes to show like in when we're playing we are playing better in possession and creating bigger chances in possession than we were previously, and part of that is Taylor because Taylor's v- generally very good in possession, and so him getting touches in the box, um and creating that I mean creating the the ball he put on an absolute platter for for um uh, Alex McGrath's header and then him passing it for the other uh, Alex McGrath header that Tate but the hockey assist there like it's it's him being very very good very very dangerous teams having to key on him and then him either making the the pass to the next player to score or making the pass before the pass that is the is the big chance so it's very very important and I, I agree with you 100% it's one of the big reasons we're um quote unquote back on the offense after I think with a little bit of a slump and and on a new level, probably, is that some of these players hopefully are busting through that sophomore slump wall. I mean, so we have a, this is a young team. There's a lot of players on this team. Uh, Taylor, Alex, Ian, in particular. But there's that's that's just three. But there's more. Brett Jones is the same. Um, Who else am I forgetting? It's in their second year, their second pro year. And when you're playing in college, your season is like three months long, uh, three or four months long, and that's it. And when yeah. you play in the pros, your season's about nine months long. So it's very, very often that your rookie year, you have a, a bit of a slump towards the end of the season. And then your your second year, you have a bit of a sophomore slump towards because you're you're simply not. and this is just bears out all over players that played in college and then go play in the pros. Um you have a bit of a slump as the season gets really long because your body and your whatever is not accustomed to, Uh, the longer season. And so you have a dip in form and, you know, knock on wood, we're seeing, uh, I would say those three players, Brett, Alex, and Taylor have had the last three games have had really solid games and better than their performances. The previous games before not to say they were terrible, but like, I think you saw them great for a part of the season, a little bit of a slump by their standards and now back up and playing great again. And I think that's also a big part of why we've been better these last few games is that, a lot of our players are just playing a little bit better.
1: Yeah, I'll I'll point out third in the uh, in the goal standings is Alex McGrath with six, um, and uh, and then Ian Serra has got four, and then and then everyone else is at either two or one.
0: So for the rest um, of the league, uh, who's, uh, Josiah Romero is he have no no it's Diacate Diacate has
1: it's Diacate now. Uh, I can pull up the... Uh, let me pull up the pull stats up the, here.
0: Pull up the the to- NISA totals. I think this is interesting. And we're not done with the season. Though. We're not counting our chickens before they hatch. But it's so just Marcus interesting to has, see where we are right now.
1: Marcus has 16 goals in the league. Diakate is second with 10 goals in the league. Darwin Espinel is third with seven. And then uh, Taylor Gray, Caleb Jackson, and Tony Lopez are all tied at six goals in the league. Uh, and then the next the next round with five is... Uh, Juan Louis from Syracuse, Alex McGrath, Omar Nunio, and then Edwin Rivas Jr., uh, LA's, LA's player, uh, now, who scored against us.
0: It's pretty wild that we have three of the, we'll just say top ten since you have some guys tied there. We have three of the top ten scorers in the league, um, and by far the number one. It's, it's fun.
1: Yeah, no, it's fantastic. Um, the assist column at, on the NISA website is is useless. Uh, as I kind of mentioned earlier, it's just absolutely worthless. You're lucky if the goals are right, and they weren't for a while this season. Uh, so let's go through let's go through our kind of top our our top three here. Marcus has 17 goals. We mentioned that already. He has seven primary assists. Uh, that R- is.
0: Remind people the difference between a secondary and a primary assist.
1: Primary assist is, is the pass. It's the regular.
0: The it's it's what most people think of as an assist.
1: Yeah, we we I like to break out hockey assists or the secondary assists just because I like seeing the pass before the pass. Uh, I think it's an underutilized conversation piece, and so I, I like I bring it up more than anybody else does. So, Marcus has got 17 goals, 17 assists. Taylor Gray has eight goals and two assists. Uh, his assist for for McGrath's goal against LA uh, was his first true true assist of the season. Uh, his other assist came from. The other, yeah, the other LA a match uh where Jones he crossed it into him, he shot, goalkeeper saved, and Marcos rebounded, which still counts as an assist. Uh third in goals is Alex McGrath with sixth. McGrath has also five assists this season. He's second he's tied for uh he's tied for second place in, in, in primary assists with Brett Jones, who has five. Uh, Brett adding to his total against LA. And um, and yeah, speak, speaking of Brett Jones, I want to I want to go here for a second because Brett Jones has five primary assists this season. He has four hockey assists this season, and he's got one goal. Uh, although he scored in the Greenville game, we'll eventually add that in for the official numbers. But for now, he's got one goal, five assists, four hockey assists. That puts him fourth on the team in total goal contributions. And, and goal contributions, as I as I have, have classified them, are goals plus assists plus hockey assists. Nagelstad's got 25. Uh, 17 goals, 7 assists. I think there's a hockey assist in there from, from the L.A. game. McGrath's at 15, total goal contributions. Taylor Gray's at 14. Brett Jones is at 10. Uh, Ian Ciro's at 8. And then there's the drop-off to 4 after that. Um, and That's our front 5, by the way. The so guys yeah, who play the our, most
0: minutes in our front five. And right. our, 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 our two not, wingers are I'm just saying in our two wingers, our striker, our uh, and our two free eights.
1: Yeah. I mean like this makes a lot of sense when you think about it, especially when there's not traditionally with with Rod this season, there's not been a lot of like a ton of rotation. Like these are the guys. These are the guys that do the things. Uh, and that bears out that bears out in the in, in the stat column. Uh, it's just it's just fun to see. Um, I think if you want to know. Um, the next round, of I'll only do the next round of four in goal contributions. Damien's at four, uh, Chris Bermudez is at four, and Travis Ward's at four. So that's a nice, that's a nice little look in uh, on, on, on the stat sheet. So coming up next for, for CFC, they've got Michigan Stars on the road in Michigan on Sunday at September the 18th. It's a tough game. Uh, that's a big game uh, it's a big game because every single game at this point in the season is a big game. It's also, you're playing the, um, are they fourth now because of that? Uh, because of that Albion win against Michigan stars,
0: you talk about the game and I'll, I'll look it up.
1: Okay. Uh, in, in any case, uh, it's, it's a big game. It's going to be difficult. Michigan stars do not let things happen easily. Uh, our offense has, has has obviously been more dynamic. We've talked about that, and I think that's going to uh, I think that's going to benefit us, assuming that that type of offense and, and, and dynamicism remains in the uh, Michigan Stars game. But it's not going to be easy, and Stars are going to try to make it hard. They're going to try to uh, do what they always do, like keep you from scoring, try to get a counter, try to get a set piece, uh, something like that. Uh, they, they, they just try to keep themselves in the game. And if we can get a, uh, if we can get a, a good bounce, a good break, maybe a free kick, uh, maybe, maybe one of our, maybe, we- an, maybe an, a, a classic CFC early goal, something like that. If we can break the deadlock, especially early, but really at any, any, any time to break the deadlock and to go up one zero against Michigan stars, they will come out of their shell they will be left open. And when they are open, uh, number one, we are more dangerous. And number two, they are not very good playing out of their shell, like tr- truly out of their shell, pushing numbers forward. And I think it'll be a big, uh, it's a, it's going to be a big test. Uh, we talked about it after the last Michigan stars game that we played, um, Rod has played them. Uh, as the coach of Stumptown three times and as the coach of CFC twice, all five of those games ended zero zero. Um, and does that does that necessarily change on on Sunday? I don't know. I have no idea. I, I, I we've been the better team in the last two games. We should have taken point more. We, we should have won uh, the last the last two games just based on. If you did the XG model on it, especially the last game, we
0: absolutely dominated,
1: but it, but it wasn't like we created, you know, three goals in XG against them. Like it was, it was tough. Like one of those, like one of them should have fallen probably, but that's the nature of soccer. Uh, I will, I will point out that while the Michigan stars game uh, is a big game and three points are, are, are needed uh, because the Michigan stars play more games and because we play more games than someone like Albion, uh, our game with Michigan stars does not. Uh, it, its value in terms of points per game is a little bit less than the game that comes against Albion at the end of September. And uh, like we talked about with the with the away Albion game, that was the game that mattered on the road trip. Uh, It would have been nice to have beaten Cal United. It would have been nice to to have done a lot of things. But getting three points at Albion's expense because of where where we were in the standings, it just mattered so, 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 so much. And um, it's... Each game matters, but some games matter more than others now.
0: In the standings, yeah,
1: yes. So now, I'm, what? What we'll also? What also is critical here? I think to point out is, we'll have we'll have had a full week rest uh, between LA and Michigan, and we'll have a full week rest between Michigan and Flower City. So it, it's not like we're going to have to worry about rotation. We're not going to worry about like it'll be our best eleven playing against whatever they put out there, and I am confident in the group of guys on. The field, I'm confident in the coaching staff, that our best 11 can go up against anybody in this league and can give them a good game, even when we're not playing well. But when we're playing well, I think we can beat anybody. And I think you've seen that throughout the season. When we play well, we uh, we, we can compete with anyone. I mean, hell, we beat, we beat Memphis in the Open Cup, and they're still sitting second in USL Championship in the East.
0: Yeah, I agree. I will give a couple notes to add to your to points here. Um, Michigan Stars see, sit fourth in the table. You were correct. Uh, 1.59 uh, points per game. Um, and Albion uh, sits third with 1.64. Uh, Michigan Stars played 17. Albion has played 14. So Albion has room to move up or move down, depending on how catching up some of those games go. Um, Chattanooga sits at 1.95. And Cal United sits at 2.40. Um Cal United has played five less games than us. Uh, it is extremely unlikely that we, we catch them. I, in fact, I don't... I think mathematically, technically, if they lost all their games and we win all our games, maybe we... Te- but realistically, we're competing for second place there. The, the thing that I find interesting looking at this, um, the one piece of the Nisa website is actually very good, which is just like the standings bar because it has some, yeah. some nice things right in front of you, is that w- you can see who's good in this league by the away record. So Cal United is 7-0-1 away. They're 4-3 and at home, so they haven't lost at home. They're four 4 wins, 3 draws at home. They're very, very good. Away, they have 7 wins and 1 loss. On the road, for us, we are 6 wins, 3 draws, 1 loss. At home, we are 5 wins, 3 draws, and 2 losses, which is interesting. We're not quite as good at home. I don't know why. But we have positive records at home and on the road. And Everyone else on the road, one other team in the league, Michigan Stars has three wins total on the road. We have six. Albion is one four and one. They have one win, four draws, one loss on the road, and then they have five one and two at home. Michigan Stars is four two and two at home. So, like all of these teams, everyone else. In the league, and then I'm just reading down, uh, Maryland is two two and four. Syracuse is two one and four. Los Angeles Force is two zero and five. Flower City, I'll Flower out, City. I'll Uni-
1: point out that. I'll point out that while well, Los, Los Angeles's record on the road is actually better than the record at home. They've not won a home game this season. They
0: have not, but they have six I, draws.
1: And I wonder, and I wonder if it's possible that, that one of the reasons why they've not won a home game this season is because they don't have a home.
0: You bring up a valid point. I will finish that out with flower city union having been one, two and eight on the road. Um, Everyone, all cannon, the other teams, so by the way, if you go down, the, one of the wild things about this, uh, and we'll, we'll end this so people can uh, get back to their days, but wins, we have five wins at home, Cal United has four wins at home, Albion has five wins at home, Michigan Stars have four wins at home, Maryland Bobcats have four wins at home, Syracuse have four wins at home. It's the road games that make up the difference in the win column in this table it's the road games that are going to make the rest of our season when we go twice away to Michigan stars. And yep. this is, we have, we have, of course we have Albion at home. We need to keep there because they are clearly not great on the road. Four draws is is fine, but uh, only one win. If we get, if we continue to, to keep our, our records, um, on the road intact and, and be for whatever reason, better on the road than we are at home, we're going to be a, uh, we're going to keep that second place. We're going to get where we want to get in the playoffs um, to, by by getting the play in the playoffs, I mean, get to the starting point in the playoffs, which is the buy and the semifinal starting in the semifinal. And then playoffs go how playoffs go. And like you said, we can beat anybody on our day. We don't need the lucky bounce. We could we would like a lucky bounce. I'll take a lucky bounce, but we need yep, we need to be in the playoffs in a position to play our game, hopefully at home. And we get that by getting that second place in that buy. And we get that for one game. And then we see what happens with Cal United if we win our game. You know, do they lose, do they win, whatever else? And and we see where it goes from there.
1: Playoffs are always a crapshoot, and the goal is always to get in, get the most favorable position possible, do everything you can to to affect the outcome. And then sometimes players are going to make plays and sometimes those players will be ours. We've seen that in the playoffs in the past. Sometimes our players have made some, some incredible plays. I mean, think about, um, Greg, think Hartley about saving, playoff, Greg
0: Hartley saving, Greg Hartley saving three straight, uh, penalties against Tulsa. Yeah.
1: Think about, think about some of the plays over the years in the amateur days. Uh, some of the great goals that were scored, the great goal that was had. think about Ryan Marcano's bike, uh, in the semifinal in the Oakland game to bring us within one. Uh, some players make plays. Sometimes we've we, we've been the beneficiary of some great plays in the playoffs. We've been on the other side of things in the playoffs, um, and that's just what happens. And it's all about getting there and getting in the best possible position, and then you let players make plays. And and playoffs are are an undeniably cruel way of of deciding a champion, which is also America, and we've decided that's just the really cool thing to do. Um, so you know, four more games to build on and man, it's going to be, it's going to be a wild ride to the end.
0: I can't wait. Well, uh, if people want to find you on the internet, they can find you, uh, at whiskey is fine on Twitter. And, uh, is that correct?
1: Yeah, that is correct. I'm I'm good at this. I'm
0: good at this. And, uh, they can find you on the Instagrams at, uh, I am caniglio. You can find me on the internet. You can find the section one Oh nine podcast, uh, on all good, um, social media platforms. That does not include TikTok. Uh, And you can find us sporadically there once in a while. Thanks, everybody, for listening.